Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Steve. You know the quarantine procedures. <clears throat> oh, wow. Is that from the first one or the second one? It's the first one. Okay, yeah. I figured. Yeah. I just wanted you to say it out loud, but obviously felt felt, ap- felt apropos. Very pertinent. Not not like a mem. That wasn't going on like posters or, or in, probably not even in the memorable quotes no. section. But no, I can no. see why your ears would no, perk no, up when you heard that one. Yes, my second choice was stop your grinning and dr- drop your linen, which, uh, which is <laughs> on the other end. Is of that Yavicato say that, or is that from Aliens? That's from Aliens. That's okay. Bill, Bill Paxton. I was going to say, my, my choices yeah. on that were going to be Paxton or Cotto as someone who won the two who said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Andrew, well, everyone, welcome back to the NRLD podcast. This counts as our Halloween episode, our spooky episode, even though really only one of these movies is explicitly spooky. The other one is more of an action movie, but they both certainly have their, the, obviously the, the initial one is incredibly horror based. And the second one certainly has its scares as well. We are talking about alien and aliens. We are talking about both of those movies. The first one came out in 79. The second one came out in 86. And Andrew, I we've talked about, I think, franchises on this podcast before. Tano and Toy Story and some other contexts. I don't know if there's... Obviously, if you're forgetting the stuff that comes after it, which we can talk about a little later if we want to, but I don't know if there's ever been a one-two <laughs> yes. punch like this, especially different in terms of differing styles. I think it's the best one-two punch there might ever have been. Uh, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, maybe. Yeah, but but, but those I, don't really I, stand I, alone, I, though. You know what I mean? Like these, these, these could have been the only two. You can just wipe your mind of everything that came after it and appreciate these on their merits. And there's not many other ones where I think you can do that. I guess if I guess if Raiders of the Lost Ark and had been followed by um, Last Crusade as opposed to uh, Temple of Doom, <laughs> you might have been able to just bask in those yeah. as standalones because those are such good. But really, like I think these it's it's not it's both surprising and not surprising to hear about how Aliens was made because Alien does stand on its own so well and Aliens also, even though it is explicitly a sequel, also stands on its own very well. And like neither one is begging for another entry necessarily. I will I will say this. If you include the, talk about these two movies and then you include Alien 3 or Alien Cubed, as I like to call it based on looking at the <laughs> movie poster, um... The, this franchise has the most directing firepower that has ever been in any franchise ever. Uh, you have Ridley Scott on the first one, uh, James Cameron on the second one, and then the not as memorable Alien Cubed uh, does have a, some guy named David Fincher coming in there to direct. <laughs> sure so, does. I will sadly say I've not seen Alien Cubed, uh, as you're calling like it. quite a... It's it's a one two three punch to say the least. It's it's quite impressive. That's a murderer's row. I think it would be the the baseball analogy, right? So are we gonna are yeah. you gonna watch Alien Cubes when when we're done with this? Is that on your docket at this point? I, neither one of us, I don't believe, has watched it, at least in context with these two. But are you gonna sit through that one as well, or are you gonna just leave it be? Uh, I don't know. I've seen it once. I don't really remember liking it too much. So we'll we'll see. But. 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's worth revisiting just because Fincher too, and and then and then I mean, I guess there's other movies, a couple more come after that that I, I, re- I remember well and are not very good. Um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, th- I think it could be better, divorced of of all expectations, and so far down the line, I bet we could find something to like. So we'll let you know, podcast fans, if we decide to dip down that road. But for now, we are talking about Alien and Aliens, and before we get too deep into that. Let's do our beverage of choice segment. Andrew, what are you sipping on tonight? I have a thematically appropriate beverage for our, uh, our, 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 our episode, our Halloween episode here. I'm drinking a Great Lakes Brewing Company uh, Nosferatu Imperial Red Ale. And if you know your silent films, you know that Nosferatu is one of the most, I think one of the original like horror films and the uh the 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 label has that very iconic Im- image of of Nosferatu on there uh it's so yeah thematic there you go on brand i the only thing thematic about what i'm drinking is that price is scarily low it is the $3 <laughs> white wine from whole foods i believe the brand is called three wishes i think i've probably drank that before on this podcast but it's in the house and for the price again it is a spooky savings so it will get you through a podcast record a feature film really whatever you want it's multi-purpose and it's quite i find it quite good my palate is very unrefined but uh to, that is to my advantage i'd say in circumstances like this yeah your your wine palate is unrefined yes your, of course your, my your, cinematic uh, palate is palette. <laughs> yeah, extremely <right>. refined <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, let's talk about these movies. I watched them both very recently. You watched them extremely recently. I hadn't seen them in quite a while. I remembered them quite fondly. I would have told you they were both classics. I would have told you I enjoyed them immensely. But I will say I was... I'll I'll, I'll even focus on the first one, because obviously Alien is the the classic, uh, the original. I was blown away by how how good Alien remains. It's almost like Ridley Scott directed this... Not knowing what would come next, but like recognizing the that he had to do something that would stand the test of time. Like I'm sure he didn't think that way about it, but it just it, it we've seen we've seen so many movies over the past couple decades and even before that just are, feel so dated because they're so tied to a decade of movie making, you know, or a period of special effects or something like that that really pin them to a time and a place. Alien is none of those things. Alien could be could have been made now. It would have been a little glossier now, but mostly would have followed the same blueprint and would have been worse probably because it just makes use of everything it had available to it so perfectly. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you say that because I, I was sitting there and I just finished watching Aliens and I know we'll get into sort of the the comparison of the two at some point, but I actually think like the practical effects in the first one look, looked better all these years later than, um, than, and the second, than in aliens, which is weird to say, like there's definitely more polish to aliens. Uh, and, and Cameron certainly tries to do a lot more, I think with like, um, you know, ships moving through space essentially and And even explicitly he shows the aliens a lot more like just putting the aliens on screen scott used them so infrequently it just makes them it's like jaws in that sense you know like it's just cooler to have not see them when you see them a lot you're going to see some flaws yeah and and like with 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 with, uh, anyway just comparing the effects i was sort of gonna say like Alien still has that like a lot of like to me it had a lot of the 2001 a space odyssey and then a little bit of star wars um look to it 
but in some ways those have those have stood the test of time better than some of those when you start to get into more of the computer generated uh, special effects as opposed to practical effects like in the 80s which is interesting I, I, uh, so yeah I mean this the, the alien is sort of a timeless movie and um, a great a great choice for the season we're in I mean it, it's it's a freaky dicky fucking movie in a lot of ways um, and and still is and like you, I, I remember them fondly, but I think I ended up surprised surprised by how much I like I enjoyed them this time around. Um, how much I, how much more. Well, there's some things I just completely forgot, but there was also other things to sort of discover there that I didn't really see the first time. So yeah, I mean, what a, what a fun little little jaunt for this week. Uh, better than you know some of the halloween stuff we've done in the past <laughs> or talked about doing yeah i was struck at the least and we'll get to this i don't want to stick totally to the first one too much but i was certainly <sighs> struck by how amazing the cast is in alien <sighs> as well because the last time i saw this which is probably yeah. a decade maybe a little longer than a decade ago i certainly wasn't a young man but i wasn't the the cinema aficionado that i grew up to be exactly like i certainly didn't appreciate tom scarrett sigourney weaver harry dean stan john hurt ian holm yeah and then not to leave out Veronica Cartwright, but that top six is just people I yep. love from everything else I've ever seen them in. Like when I put this on again, I was like, I love all of these people so much and they're all here and they're all friends. <laughs> yeah. and they're all on the ship. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too about this one is just uh, how, you know, Sigourney Weaver's Ripley character, of course, becomes the, the hero, but she really emerges. Like she's really just kind of one of, many she kind of recedes into the background in some ways and um yeah it was funny one thing i did write down this great cast like uh john it was really weird to me to see john hurt again uh and see him like look young i don't know i, I for some reason i think of him in like v for vendetta where he's like an old british guy like covering the screen in spittle basically but he's kind of like a kind of little like a little sex piece in this with uh, all the all the tidy whities when they get off get out of their, their hibernating, <laughs> hibernating state. Uh, so it was like it was interesting too to see yeah some of the, him Harry Dean Stanton um, some of the others just uh, looking youthful and full of vitality you know of course until they get uh, <laughs> destroyed, destroyed by, by an alien. alien. But, yeah, yeah. still yeah. bursts out of their chest. <laughs> I've never found John Hurt attractive, yeah. and I can't say I still do. But this is the closest it's ever come for sure. Like he yeah. is, yeah. as a young man, and you you see like, oh, he did have like you know, he always had a unique character actor yeah. look, but he did have some some physical charms to him. That by the end, he's just like a wise old man. You know, that's the John Hurt we you and I know and love for the most part. Yeah. But. But then, Andrew, of course, there's Aliens, yeah. and like I love that you watch them so close back-to-back. I did because one of the podcasts I love, Blank Check, don't love as much the In Real Deep podcast, of course, but as a, as a fan <laughs> and not as a creator, they, they did commentaries for both of these uh, for sort of for Halloween on their Patreon, and so they did them, obviously, back-to-back because they're the first two, and I just... The, the whole constant way of aliens existing and being so different is great because for all sort of, I think you were hinting yeah. at before for all that alien does in just establishing the xenomorph and just the whole idea of the, obviously this whole thing and, and, and the way it parses out such little bits of information, then the way aliens p- picks that up and runs with it, but in a very sort of 
a diagonal direction, I would say. Like, it doesn't try and solve yeah. the mysteries or or fill in the, the gaps there. It just takes you to a whole nother world where there's also aliens and where there's also Sigourney Weaver. And I think that's just such a good idea. And, like, it made me very sort of jealous about other sequels that, that were tried to be such like, I'm thinking of especially the Halloween movies which I've been watching with my girlfriends because she loves the Halloween movies and they try and fill in all the stupid backstory that no one asks for or cared about and I was like I yeah. love the idea of just taking Ripley and sending her on a related but also very unrelated alien adventure like it's it gives you so much more room to play and be creative yeah and yeah I mean that, you know it's funny and it does that in a way that still is like super true to the original too. Uh, and then, I mean, we can, we have, I mean, we'll have to mention like Prometheus or whatever. Some of the more recent, they are just like, they're way off the reservation and it is like a little bit of like, who fucking cares? And I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, this one, it, it just it keeps the monster and the monster, the alien is like, xenomorph whatever they're whatever we're gonna call them for, for this purpose <laughs> they of this are podcast. technically called i'm not just you know it's not like graboids and tremors like they do say uh, xenomorph a few times. I, yeah they, they are uh, do you prefer just calling him the, al- them terrific, the alien the alien yeah well whatever <laughs> they, they are a, a terrific monster or or you know whatever they are yeah. uh, what's their plural uh, are they a murder of xenomorphs or well, i don't know um, I like that. <laughs> um, i'm sure crows wouldn't mind if we appropriate that for a little bit right yeah yeah it's uh but anyway they, they're like it's they're so intimidating but in a totally different way in this in the second one like um you know i in the first one you're like scared shitless because you don't know what's going on you're scared shitless with this crew and in the second one you're like I was more like repulsed and revolted by like all of the things they were doing, like the eggs and all the, like all the, like, and seeing so many of them. Uh, um, it was just like, it, it was great in that regard. Uh, I think aliens is the movie where it like really becomes Sigourney Weaver's like franchise though, too. I mean, we have to say that, right? Like she is like in contrast to the first one where she is, she sort of emerges uh, and this one, it's like, it's all about her and sort of her grit and determination and, and telling Paul Reiser to fuck himself and things <laughs> like that. Um, and and yeah. she's like, she is so great in the, in the second one. I mean, in a, in a way that's different than the first one. I imagine if you went back to 79 and saw the first one, like, I don't think, I don't believe so. I think she'd done a few things, but she certainly wasn't Sigourney Weaver as she is now. Obviously, that's, like you said, that came from these movies. I imagine if you saw Alien, you'd be like, oh, wow, that one person survived, you know? Like, that's crazy. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't remotely see where it was going. You'd just think it was, you know, a, a char- one character makes it through, everyone else you know, kicks rocks. And I think that's great. And like, uh, th- that is to, you know, I, I obviously I, I can see why Cameron and everyone went the, the Sigourney being a badass way, but it, it definitely is not telegraphed at all. So, but it also doesn't yeah. feel unearned, you know, it doesn't feel like no. she's just, it really is until the end of aliens where she gets the flamethrower and like, is just like, fuck it. I'm just going to like 
run this. Like, I just have to. Like, she, it's, it's almost like something in her snaps. And she's like, I have to do this to save Newt, to, to get out of here. Like, it all feels very genuine. As much as genuine as, like, an action movie can be, where all of a sudden, I, I certainly, I, I knew the Ripley character very well, but I felt like watching it this time and not really remembering it, I was like, this, this is such a very, this is about as organic as it gets in terms of someone going from, like, reluctant hero to badass in a way where I feel like it makes, it, it feels very earned and very legitimate. Yeah, there's a moment, what does she say, like, uh, would you just die, you bitch, or whatever, whatever she says <laughs> when she's holding the flamethrower, thro- which is like, uh, you're like, oh my god, yes, this is this is the moment. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting, too, in the sort of, like, in, a, in an age where we still make a lot of, like, these strong um, female characters uh, that are still able to be, like, female in their own, you know, in their own way. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of like what Wonder Woman and uh, Captain Marvel, and I mean some of the the superior. Like in some ways, like they're all just chasing Ripley, right? Like this is like a super strong female character that uh, is definitely sexy, and especially in the first one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but also like uh, doesn't take shit from anyone, um, and uh, is is super strong. And uh, so I mean that's one of the fun things out of these movies you get you get like Sigourney Weaver's whole career and in some ways you know she's she's she kind of riffs off of the intimidation or the the intimidating nature of Ripley's character you know even to this day I feel like so I mean Galaxy Quest among those roles you know like Galaxy Quest is is Sigourney playing off stereotypes of women in sci-fi movies and the fact that she's Sigourney Weaver and she does great (laughs) at both like it's It really, yeah, you, they they really do an amazing job, and like especially for the time and place, like seventy nine and eighty six, like there was at least now when they put out the you know a uh, a female led superhero movie, it sort of feels like a. Uh, I know a lot of them have better intentions, but it's sort of some of it feels like a uh, okay, you guys won't shut up about this, so we'll make uh, at least a Captain Marvel, you know, like yeah. Wonder Woman is a is a huge. Yeah brand they were going to make a wonder woman no matter what but sometimes when marvel does that especially yep. in endgame like we i've talked I, I we don't have to get back into that but like sometimes it feels like fan service you know and like sure we'll take fan service because the 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 inequality is so deep at this point that like fan service is a step in a step in the right direction and it will hopefully lead to more but the fact that they made a a female-led uh series of movies back in you know 30 years ago, like 35 years ago, 40 years ago is crazy. Like that just, no one was clamoring for it, but they did it and it worked so well. And it's a shame that like, though it did spawn other Ripley like characters, it's a shame that, you know, people didn't take up that mantle and do their own version. But at the same time, there's not a lot of Ridley Scott, there's not a lot of James Cameron. So maybe it's just, you know, the, the truly bold and, and unique filmmakers can turn this into something. The copycats do horrible jobs and just either set it back or just make it limp and useless yeah it sure it sure uh spoils the idea that uh that you know it's like it, it's new to have a, a a female superhero or action hero be uh be bankable because obviously these movies made a, a shitload of money as well so yeah. aliens was nominated <laughs> yeah. for uh the academy awards it's crazy like 
Yeah. It was so well received. And like, let's talk a little about the differences too. Like I, I love going from Scott to Cameron. I love the idea that seven years went by and like I, in reading about it, like they were obviously considering a sequel, working on a sequel, but they didn't force out a sequel. They didn't, they didn't make one for the sake of making one. They did. They knew they wanted Cameron involved apparently, and they wanted to produce something, but they like, they, they let it gestate. And obviously what came out is stands on its own, continues that legacy is unique and different sets its own tone gives its own legacy like give gives paul riser the best role he's ever gonna have <laughs> like bill sets bill paxton up you know like it's just it's there's so much going on in in aliens and it's just i i love the idea that they were able to do their own thing and the cameron like and the, but but also because of the cameron like now that we've had this time between you can see you know some true lies in there a lot of avatar in there like you can see some of the seeds of all the shit Cameron would end up doing down the line but it doesn't make it any less wonderful it's just it's it, you the, the Cameron through lines were a little more apparent than I certainly remembered the first time I saw it yeah well and I I don't know I mean like Ridley Scott goes on to make Blade Runner a few years That's after true. this one too and yeah there's thematic crossover for both of them I, you know, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating comparison because like you said, they're, 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 they feel adjacent, but still in the same universe. And, you know, alien and the first one feels more appropriate for a Halloween podcast. Cause it, it really feels like more of a horror movie. Everyone's trapped somewhere and, um, they don't really know what the heck's going on and people are getting picked off one by one a little bit more. Um, I guess that's kind of the dynamic of the second one too. Um, everyone just got bigger guns uh <laughs> but I, I guess i mentioned that, like the second one feels like much more of an action movie first then like layers in this horror la- later on and so um it, and then the first one doesn't really feel like i i would say like much of an action movie at all really um and so that's like the fundamental difference which again makes a lot of sense uh, not that Ridley Scott can't do action, but obviously, like James Cameron, that's sort of like his thing, I guess you could say, <laughs> over over multiple decades. Um, Titanic, notwithstanding, um, <laughs> there's a big ship that and, tips over. That's that's sort of action, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, I I just love that. I, I, it, it was you know I know we're gonna at some point discuss which one do you like more. I, I don't I honestly don't know like in some like I, I I don't want to choose like because they're both different and really good in their own in their own ways I mean like uh, in some ways the you know aliens is just even though it's a longer movie it's it has more sort of pace to it I mean un, 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 undeniably um, the whole move whole first like 30 minutes of the movie are like when are they gonna sh- shoot these giant guns that look like dicks basically and like (laughs) (laughs) and uh so there's a there's a lot of like momentum in that in in aliens um but you know i don't know that makes it any better or worse just they're both both incredibly effective movies in their own way and somehow managed to you know work in the same the same big bad monster i will say in my rewatches i was Aliens has a little bit of downtime when they're prepping sort of the final uh, attack or defense of the of the base and they're like to get out like there's a little bit yeah. of downtime there that I didn't hate it it's fine like I don't need it to go 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 every five, you know a scene every 2 seconds but it's a it's an over 2 hour movie and I did think they could have 
I, I didn't love all that stuff. Me, meanwhile, I think Alien is just such a good example of a movie that builds so wonderfully. And and like you said, has that horror element, which which does tie to Halloween for many reasons. But the way they pick people off, the way they reveal what's going on, and like I said, I just I cannot like to to not get too far ahead. I don't. We're never gonna watch these movies, or at least watch them and talk about them. But like thinking about Prometheus and Alien Covenants, and the questions that those movies answer that I never needed answered, I did not want answered. When I saw them answered, I disliked the way they answered them. Like. All of that just left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, I love watching aliens and seeing the space jockey with the hole in his stomach on the big gun in the ship. And you don't know why he's there. And the movie doesn't give a shit why he's there. It's a, but it's an incredibly cool visual. And it just sparks the things that happen later. And you're wondering why it's happening. But then instantly you're onto the face hugger and John Hurt. And then all the stuff that comes after. Like... I love the idea that they wrote this movie and made this movie with all of these open-ended elements that, I, 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 given that it was 1979 and that the, the, the culture wasn't the way it is now film-wise, I'm sure they didn't give a shit if you answered it or not, you know? Like, it, it wasn't relevant. You didn't need to know who the space jockey was. Like, I love that confidence in screenwriting. I love the way Scott presents it. I love how it is clearly a horror movie that is also a sci-fi movie at the same time and does both so well. Like, I think Alien is just one of the best movies ever made. I think Aliens is a very, very, a very, very solid action movie. Like, extremely solid. Like, one of the best you could ever do in one of the steadiest hands there ever was in blockbuster filmmaking. And Sigourney just probably kills it more because, like you said, she gets more... She's the... She's the, the star, she's the girl, she's the whole show, yeah. and I think she's better in it, but I think that's really all Aliens. I like, it's apples to oranges, it's 4.5 5 stars to 4 4.5 stars, you know, like it is, yeah. it's it's really yeah. not that big of a deal, it's not apples to oranges, it's apples to apples, but uh, <laughs> mostly, like really crisp apple to like a slightly, it looks a little, it looks like it's going to be a little, there might be a one black spot on it, but when you take a bite you're like, this is a good apple too, <laughs> I like this apple as well. It was like Honeycrisp and Pink Lady, whereas like a, a lesser series would be yes. like Honeycrisp and like Golden Delicious or yes. something like that. Or like Red Delicious where it's just so – it's um, like it looks like an apple, a classic apple, but it's, you bite it. You're like, this isn't a very good apple, but it's still fine. It's still a solid apple. Really inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't I, I don't know where, where I come down on this. I, I think uh, – I mean there's just some things about – I mean – I think you and I both appreciate um, subtlety more. And so like alien is just way more of a subtle, subtly great movie. I mean, I was struck by um, in the first movie that, you know, you, you know, you know, even if it's the first time you see it, the the movie is called alien, you know, some bad shit's about to go down. (laughs) Um, But I was struck by like this, how natural like that first meal they all have together is like after uh they wake up and even the meal like after uh john hurt gets the face hugger on and they're like hey come back and have have some dinner before your chest explodes (laughs) um and like that is like it's like that real balance of of just mundanity and normal interaction and then these like shocks of like violence or suspense or whatever it is like i mean it's a weird thing to name check but it kind of reminds me of like you know um going to see norman bates at the at the desk you know at at the at the uh at the bates motel like everything seems normal but you know something's like off and so like 
I appreciate, I, I think I appreciate that sort of subtlety more than I appreciate like Bill Paxton being at 11 for two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> even though I really enjoy the Bill Paxton part, like there's a place in my life for like Bill Paxton, Paxton's ridiculous character for, I guess it's not two and a half hours because he, he bites it earlier than that. But um, he's landing on then, thick you know, the entire I, time and in a good way, but certainly in a way. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess, I guess the other thing for me that, sort of tilted to the first one is just like there is no second one without the first one like i I don't i don't think it i don't think it 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 reminds me of when people ask me like godfather or godfather 2 it's like i really love godfather 2 but like you can't even you can't even discuss godfather 2 without the first movie like it just like it's like the, the it's a latin phrase but the sine qua non without which there is none like without alien there is no aliens and so um that's sort of where i tip it this the subtlety and then just the the sort of genius of the first one and then you know james cameron takes it to this amazing other place which is just you know it is like like you said it's sort of one of the coolest things that's happened in like movie franchise history to have these two movies be the be back to back in the in the franchise so yeah, you, that's a great point too. I, mean, I love Godfather two as well, but I think you—that it's hard to argue with your point. Like if we were having that argument, which we've had plenty of drunken movie bar arguments, that if you were to <laughs> if you were to drop that jam on me about there can't be a Godfather two without a Godfather one, I would say you're right. That's very true. <laughs> like I don't, especially when they're both, especially when they're both so close. You know, when you like them both almost equally, or you know, you, even if you profess like two more than one, I think it's a rejoinder that at least knocks them back to even. But certainly, give like it's just you. You can't give someone Godfather two or Aliens even. Though Aliens is probably a little more of a example, but it'd be it'd be very. You wouldn't have the same oomph if you gave them these sequels and said watch these standalone. They'd watch it and go, that was fun, but I don't understand. You know, at least a little of it, if not a lot of it. And that's because it does work in tandem with its partner. So I think that's a great point. Well, and and like, in, in some ways, like you can't really understand. uh, Ripley I was going to call her Ridley Ridley Scott Uh, uh, you can't really understand Ripley's whole arc in Aliens without understanding what happens to her in Aliens in, yes. in Alien, it would feel right? a so lot like, less organic. The, it would be like, why is she so freaked out? Like in the beginning, when she's because it is, she, it's great acting in the beginning yeah. of or the sort of beginning of Aliens when she when they're all getting torn apart by the monsters and she's having like PTSD yeah. and she's like freaking out yeah. because for her it's been a week since she encountered the monster. You know, <laughs> like it's yeah. it's a jarring exactly. experience to say the least. Yeah, it's a little bit like trying to understand Michael Corleone and starting with Godfather too. Yes. Like, like, yeah, like all this stuff happened. Like, wow, this guy is so cutthroat. Like, like, and he's so Michael mean to his wife. Yeah, like, like, why would I wonder why? He, I wish yeah. only we could know why he's mean. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, it's it's it it you gotta you gotta you gotta have alien. Like, uh, so I don't know. That that's a weird way to like. It's kind of maybe it's it's actually kind of belaboring maybe a totally obvious point about franchise movies and sequels and stuff like that. But like in when the movie are this good uh like aliens really especially with ripley like builds on that like they're, they're, you, you can't you can't and then that's what a good sequel does whereas like i think some of the stuff we sort of decry today like the characters don't actually feel like they're building on the previous entry i mean like i don't want to talk about relitigate marvel but um the, the characters feel like they never really like change mm-hmm. um whereas 
here you get this clear, you know, continuing arc for Ripley. And, and actually, like, my recollections of Alien Cubed and beyond is that Ripley gets more and more sort of hardened over time because, I mean, she's dealing with terror. She's fighting Four, so five, many six, aliens, seven. and everyone around her is dying. Every even like <laughs> Alien Three opens with her, the two surviving people from this. Oh, they're dead, and that's just you know like spoilers for everyone who hasn't seen Alien Cubes. But it gets real sad again real fast. Like the horrors for Rip- Ripley truly never cease, and again take place in her waking mind because she's being she's going into cryosleep within like weeks of each other. She's just fighting aliens over and over and over again. It's exhausting. <laughs> so many aliens. That's a whole. A whole another layer to the horror is that she just goes to sleep for fifty years. Everyone that she knows dies, and then yeah. for her, it feels like a real play. solid yeah. like eight hours, you know. And she wakes up, and she's got to fight more <laughs> aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, in terms, give it because it's how because we're you know releasing this as sort of a, a Halloween horror episode. The two, to me, the scariest parts in both movies involve the androids, and I think you know I'd love to touch on those for a brief second before we wrap up. Ian Holm and the first one when he sort of loses his mind and attacks everybody in their in their like common area. That's nuts. Ian Holm is creepy the entire time, and when he freaks out, it is truly terrifying. And he's a little guy, but you because he's a robot, you believe that like he could just kill all them because he's a crazy robot and the milk shooting out of him. And then of course they reuse the milky <laughs> substance in Aliens. <laughs> Which I think it's it's not scary per se, but I think it's the most visceral part is when the queen rips Lance Hendrickson in two pieces and the goo shoots yeah. out everywhere and it comes sort of pretty much out of nowhere and it leads to the big fight scene. But I remember I remember like yelling "Whoa!" this last time. Like it is it is a <laughs> shocking and horrifying thing to happen to a character at that point that is totally redeemed the whole android idea and like they kill him anyway. Like it's just they use both those like they, they, they the the thing I think we both really like about sci-fi too is having these sci-fi elements, but not leaning on them and, like, getting into the lore of it and just being like, they're androids, so yeah. they are weird, different types of characters. Sometimes they can be corrupted, sometimes they can be uncorruptible. Like, when they die, it's not really... Like, there's just... There's all these elements of sci-fi that I think Cameron and Scott both use without, like, explaining what androids are, because I don't care. Like, just make them good characters. <laughs> and these both make them both good characters. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just laughing at that and thinking of Blade Runner a little bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, they do a little more explaining yeah, in Blade I, Runner. I would say. I would say that one of my principal impressions of these two movies is that they both that both of them use liquid really well. So because you, you've got like the milk blood and then the the acid coming out of the uh, the characters, yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, like, I, I would say also broadly, one of the things I, I'm glad I did, and it almost makes me want to, like, intentionally not watch these for another, like, you know, five or ten years, is just not having watched them in a while, not remembering all the twists. Like, I had forgotten. that I, I knew that Lance Hendrickson's character died in the movie, but I didn't remember how. I didn't remember that it was the Xenomorph, like, basically being a stowaway on the on the spaceship and all that stuff. It was like, it was, it was like a, a gift to myself to, to experience all that stuff and be surprised by it again. And when you got that um, far, you're probably and, like, Oh, maybe I'm wrong. He doesn't say, Oh God, he just got ripped in half. <laughs> He's dead now. I was like, well, this is wrapping up. Yeah. No, <laughs> this movie's wrapping up. Um, no, it was, a, it was a good, it was a good surprise. Both, both movies have, have that. I mean, I, I don't think the second aliens is as scary start to finish as the first one. Um, but once you kind of figure out that there are like 
xenomorphs all over the place it's incredibly frightening film in, in certain moments um just in a different way like like that that feeling of um I don't know. I just, I just kept feeling like, like Ripley's in a, a rat's nest or something, or like the rats from, uh, from, um, Last Crusade are gonna like come all over. It's kind of the same thing. Like it's just disgusting things everywhere. Um, <laughs> so it like gives you like a little bit of revulsion as opposed to, um, like the pure suspense and of of and that more classic horror horror approach of, of Alien. So yeah, and then the second one, I think too, you're not really worried about like Michael Bean or Bill Paxton because you can't really relate to the Marines. But yeah. I think you like you Ripley like has this air of uh, protection around her from all these guys and girls. And then when they start getting killed, you can tell Ripley's like, here we go again. And so you worry about Ripley, you know, like it uses Cameron uses her so well. It's the, the Marines are like window yeah. dressing, you know, like they don't really matter. What really matters is Ripley and then eventually Newt and then eventually sort of Bishop. And then I guess sort of Michael Bean. But at the end of the day, like you really only care about Ripley. She's the through line. She's the character, you know, and they use that so well. And everything that's happening around her is just to build enthusiasm and fear and excitement for Ripley to survive and then thrive. You know, I think it's just, it's just great. Survive, thrive, go to sleep, wake up. And be really sad. (laughs) Then be in David Fincher's weird prison world, which we'll get to someday. Certainly not on this podcast, but we will get there someday. (laughs) We're not too, I'm not figuring out how to get that cubed in the title of the podcast. I'm not using superscript or subscript or super, I guess superscript. (laughs) I refuse to use superscript in our podcast titles. So we're never getting that far. (laughs) Uh, Missed opportunity is my favorite HTML tag. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well that about does it for our alien and aliens episodes they're both on hbo max highly recommend them i will say andrew and i were having a discussion about physical media recently and whether to have it whether to not uh i recently sold some of my dvds and andrew was chastising me so partly correctly partly i think unjustly but i will say andrew alien i watched in h in sd i did not watch on hbo max because i wanted to see how it would look on a dvd and be probably because it came out in 1979 and doesn't rely on a ton of stuff it looked great like it's i wouldn't recommend watching it in sd for no reason if you have hbo max but it really did not take away from the experience maybe it made it even better because it was very muted and very dark and very uh sort of grainy i think that sometimes is not the worst thing in the world Maybe that's why I was so impressed because I feel like the last time I watched Alien was possibly on VHS. It might have been that long ago, like like, like twenty some odd years ago. I don't, I don't doubt that the charms are much more apparent in a lot of ways on on HD. So if you have HBO Max, stream them both. They're great. Watch Alien at night in the dark. It is still very scary, even if you know, like you said, you know the gist. There's an alien coming. It's going to kill a lot of people. I think it still has a whole lot of a lot of terror in there. So. I mean, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared. I was scared too. Not in a scared way. Like I don't expect the alien to break through my door and attack me. But I was. It, it was an in the moment, two hour scare, which I like a lot more. Like I don't necessarily like waking up in the middle of the night fearing like a killer is going to burst in. But I do like the idea of like watching a movie where a woman is stuck on a ship with a monster. That's kind of cool. So. Well, you're, I think that speaks to the characters, right? You're yes. scared for the characters. Yes. Like, yeah. You don't actually think a xenomorph's going to burst out of your bathroom, but you want well, Ripley to could. survive. In, in this sure. year, I mean, I'm not going to put anything past anybody, you know? Like, <laughs> That's true. But let's cross That's that. True. We don't need to add xenomorph that. Xenomorph 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would probably nominate it for president if it came out. So. 
I mean, if it was ranked choice voting, it would be number two, probably. <laughs> uh, I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so go enjoy those movies. Subscribe to the Inreal Deep podcast. Everywhere podcasts are delivered. And go to inrealdeep.com for all of our podcasts if you want to stream them. And also a bunch of our other written content. There's a ton of stuff there for your reading pleasure. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Happy Halloween. Hope you have a nice socially distanced time with your kids and they get to wear costumes and feel at least like they're part of the Halloween experience. I'm pretty excited. Anna's going to be Batgirl this year. So Batgirl. Um, I didn't know she was I, even into. Wow, she knows Batgirl. Well, she we we've done the all the Lego movies, including the Lego Batman movie, and she's very into the Lego Batman movie. Um, so uh, and she calls me Batman sometimes. She wow, Batman, you should be like is... that's what you must have such a big. No wonder you have a big head these days. Yeah, that's the most exciting development in the last five years, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> So when your wife starts calling you Batman, then let me know. That's a whole other thing. So, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm an indictment of being, being social, like, uh, emotionally distant. Not socially yeah, distant. That's true. <laughs> She'll get into the nuts and bolts of the Batman character and it might not be so much of a compliment. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Oh, uh, anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Adios.